Aloha Kako, you are listening to Native Stories. Native Stories exist to share the voices of those connected to the land. Our vision is to create a resource for Pilina or connection to place, and Native Stories aims to activate Indigenous perspectives. Uh, aloha Kako, Papukaleawahumaya, Texas. And hello everybody, I'm Nanea Lowe. I come from Papakulea Oahu and I'm now residing in Texas. Mahalo Nui for joining us on another episode of Native Stories. And today we have today we have the pleasure of interviewing Wahine Hula Kael. Wahine Hula Kael is a Ko'okua or birth and postpartum doula from Waiahuli, Maui. A proud graduate of Kekula Kaiopuni O Maui and a former preschool teacher of um, at Kunana Leo O Maui. She's a co-founder and the development director of Kalaau O Ke Kahuli, a nonprofit organization that supports Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander families by providing culturally based prenatal birth and postpartum education and services. So aloha. Thank you aloha. for yeah, for coming on to Native Stories. Aloha, mahalo nui for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, I am just so stoked to have you on because since we're doing this COVID-19 series, I feel like it's important to talk about healthcare and, you know, birth work because I feel like me personally, I have a lot of Hapai friends and even my oldest brother's wife is hapai and so i have friends like kind of freaking out about especially when covid19 first hit and the pandemic and everything was shutting down um so i thought it would be really great to have you know you all on to talk about um birth work in hawaii um so can you i don't know can you just start us off by sharing um yeah again, like where you're from and kind of your connection to Aina and how how you even got um, into, you know, birth work. Yeah, um, mahalo me for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, like you said, I think birth work has kind of made a little bit of a comeback because of COVID-19, people are kind of, um, I guess, looking for options outside of the hospital. Um, but no, Waiohuli, Maui Mayao, um, I live in Waiohuli on the homestead on Maui, but my ohana on my dad's side comes from Hana, um, Haneo O, Hamoa, Aleamai, and then my mother's family comes from um, Honokohau Kahakuloa side and um, Kalaoke Kahuli um, is a nonprofit that supports Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander families um, through their prenatal birth and postpartum journeys. Um, it's a new nonprofit. We just started it in February. Um, I'm one of the founders along with Iolani Brosio and Malia Kaupe, who are both also um, birth workers. And we felt that we didn't really fit in to the birth worker community, I guess, um, specifically on Maui, but I guess throughout Hawaii as well. Um, we were kind of looking for a space to fit in, but, you know, we realized that we needed our own space for us to do our work with our people, with our wahine, with our ohana. Um, so that's kind of how Kalao Kekahuli was born. Um, I think when people think about doulas and think people think about birth work, they think of um, hippie, haole. Um, you know, they have that stereotype, that idea in their head about what, a birth worker looks like, what she's supposed to do. Um, and I think it's important to remember that birth work um, is a cultural practice. Birth work is an indigenous practice. Birth work um, is a practice of people of color. 
specifically in Hawaii, we have such, you know, in our culture um, and other Pacific Islander cultures, we have such a rich and amazing history with birth work and our practices surrounding birth work um, that was kind of lost through time. I mean, if you think about the transition, I guess, from home birth to hospital birth, it's only been about a couple of generations, one or two generations. Um, Mm -hmm. And prior to that, you know, most people were still giving birth at home. We still had palekeki in our families or midwives in our family. We had ko'okuas in our family. We we still had those practices. Um, And it's, yeah, it's interesting to see those transitions. So when, you know, I... I researched into my own ohana um, and heard those stories and kind of tried to, you know, get the information out of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was interesting to see um, or hear mo'olelo from my own ohana. Um, For me personally, um, I have always been interested in, like, la'olapa'o and plants and um that was just always how I was ever since you know I was a I was a baby I was a kid and that i'ini inside of me just started to grow and grow and grow you know along the way I probably had about 12 billion other career choices but I always came back to la'olapa'o um and stuff so you know when I was I don't know, probably started in middle school, maybe early high school. I started reading Laolapa'o books and, you know, reading Pukui and researching Lupepa. Um, and I would, you know, come across these mo'olelo of, um, you know, Laoho'ohana keiki, the Lao, um, the mo'olelo of Mule Ula and Haumea um, and other little tidbits and then Lupepa and, in other writings from, you know, our kupuna about birth work practices. And, you know, I just always thought like, wow, we don't do this anymore. How interesting. This was only a couple of generations ago. Um, And then, like I said, I just, um, from that, from a young age, I knew um, that this was something that I wanted to do. Um, And Hawaii, I guess, doesn't have a lot of opportunities um, I guess in the modern birth worker um, workshops and programs and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I just tried to gain as much ike, ask within my own family, ask other people, research, um, read mo'olelo, read the new peppa. Um, and the more I read, you know, the, the more this passion, the more this i'ini started to grow. And the more I wanted to bring awareness to the akamai of our kupuna and what we did and I guess just hope and try to encourage people to reintroduce these practices into modern day spaces. Um, Yeah, I I love that um, you talk about that because, you know, talking to my kupuna or to my tutu, she passed away like 10 years ago. But I remember like being little and having conversations or just listening to her talk to her friends or my mom them, and, you know, them talking about how they had their kids at home. You know what I mean? So like how you talk about it's only been a few generations since, you know, people were born in their homes. Mm-hmm. And um, when my nephew is, two years old and you know when my oldest brother when his you know wahine got pregnant I was talking to them about you know what about alternative methods or you know thinking about holistic kind of practices or yeah having a home birth you know but it's so crazy how people can't even picture these days having a child outside of a hospital you know, it's just mm-hmm. mind blowing to some people. And I think it's important work to kind of, yeah, reintroduce and normalize like these practices that we've been mm-hmm. holding and like 
that are yeah that like a part of our lineage um and re ground ourselves in that so i think it's a really important work and and i can attest to what you're talking about because um i know a few people who want to be doulas but the opportunities in hawaii aren't really there to practice like um they have to go to like california or something to get trained and i think i'm like yeah there's like so much opportunity like you know we have that like the knowledge base here it's just a matter of fact of how are we going to re-empower ourselves yeah and i and i also want to mention that um you know home birth isn't always the answer home birth isn't the only way to have a holistic beautiful natural birth um and that's another stereotype i think a lot of people think that doulas work only at home births and we're only natural, 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 natural. Um, But home birth and um, having a doula present at your birth has kind of become this privilege that, you know, women of color, our wahine, they think it's something that's out of reach because they see these, you know, white women with doulas and like, oh, I can't have that. But the truth is, you know, there's like a lot of debate right now about are doulas essential workers. Um, personally, I feel if you are a birth worker of color serving women of color, then you are an essential worker. Not everyone needs a doula. Not everyone. Um, it's not essential for everyone. Well, yes, if you want a doula, you should be able to have a doula. Um, I think that you know, women of color, our women need it the most. So um, our work is essential. And to go along with like, you know, your friends who want to be doulas, even those trainings. um, And I know you might ask me later about my training and all of that. um, Trainings now are very white centered. They're very um, westernized or this or that, you know, big certification entities um, are very strict um, in their guidelines and the things that they teach. Um, But I think what they lack and what they don't acknowledge is like the real disparities um, in birth outcomes in our communities and how to address that. And the fact that, you know, not, not all birth is equal, (laughs) I guess I should say. Not all birth is equal and not all birth workers are equal. And the role of a person who is a support person for a woman of color, a wahine Hawaii um, or, you know, a Pacific Islander wahine is different from the role of a white birth worker serving white birth workers. I mean, birthing people, Kalame. And I wanted to... Just in case people don't know what birth work is, could you like explain what that is for our listeners? Yeah. Um, I think while birth work is specific, it's also not specific. So I would say a birth worker is anyone who is involved and who supports um, birthing people and their families through their prenatal period, their birthing period, um, their postpartum period, um, even, you know, fertility work, people who support people trying to have babies, um, people who support or are specialists in, you know, um, pregnancy loss or even abortion um, or just, yeah, just all of that. Um, I would consider that those all birth workers, you know, and mental health specialists, you know, we all, we all play our part in um, making sure that our wahine, our birthing people and our kiki are safe, um, including social workers, etc. Mahalo. Okay. And what is a doula for those, Um, you know, who don't know what a doula is? 
So I think the most common thing that I hear is that people are confused with what a doula is and what a midwife is. Um, personally, I call myself a kookua, but a doula is a support person. So as a doula, I support um, birthing people through their prenatal period. So, um, you know, talk about medical interventions and comfort measures. And um, for me personally, you know, like la'olapa'o and pule and ho'oponopono and, um, you know, preparing and giving confidence to the birthing person before um, their birth, their, their laboring journey. And then um, for the birth itself, um, a doula is a support person to be there physically supporting you and emotionally supporting you. Um, so, you know, whether it's Lomi or um, encouraging words or, you know, making sure you advocate for yourself, um, you know, we're, we're just that support person for, for you, not only you, but your your partner and your ohana. Um, and then a postpartum doula, which is also what I do, is also postpartum support. Um, so... You know, we, we, most of the times we talk a lot about like preparing for our birth and like this prenatal period, but um, a lot of time that leaves, like, you know, the postpartum period a little bit abandoned and people forget about that and how hard that can be um, and what a strain that can be on you and your ohana um, in the modern context, I guess. But again, um, not all doulas are equal, not all doulas are created equal. Um, so as a birth worker, as a wahine of color, supporting birthing people of color, my role is also to help, um, you know, my, the birthing person navigate the hospital. Um, most, most births occur in the hospital and, um, they do need that support advocacy, um, Yeah, I think... I think that's a good point to make because I feel like not a lot of people um, talk about the the craziness that happens um, in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, even in talking to my brother's wahine, um, she was, like, telling me, like, how she didn't know what to do. Like, she was scared in the hospital, you know, after she gave birth. Like, they took the baby from her and like I think that's important to talk about like advocating for rights of the mother and you know mm -hmm. especially in that kind of situation where maybe you know they couldn't have a home birth so they have to go to the hospital and then you you guys like helping walk them through like hey if you don't want to do this you don't need to do this like even in the moment if they're telling you to do one thing like you don't need to actually do that because this is your birth you know what I mean mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I've said this before, um, and I always say this, but I think problems, you know, specifically in our community, in our Hawaiian community, and our um, Pacific Islander community, like, you know, um, heart issues, diabetes, drug abuse, um, mental health issues, they're kind of, you know, not well known, but I think it's more apparent, I guess, or um, people see that more um, and acknowledge that more. Um, but the fact of the matter is, and I think um, a lot of people don't know this, people always tell me like, wow, I didn't know that, but um, our women, our babies are dying in the hospital. Um, and not just like, oh, they're dying. No, like at exceedingly alarming rates. So I think compared to or compared to um, non-Hispanic white women, Pacific Islander um, women are, I think, what is it? I think it's 60%, if I'm not mistaken, 60% more likely to die in the hospital. Um, Pacific Islander women are four times more likely not to receive any prenatal care, any prenatal support. Um, and we have the highest rates of um, medical interventions, so cesareans, episiotomies, 
um, different kinds of medication, um, vacuum, like anything you can think of. Women of color, are, our numbers, our ratio, our percentage is alarmingly higher than non-Hispanic white women. And for even little frac- fractions of our Pacific Islander community, it's even worse. So for instance, um, Micronesian birthing people, they're exceedingly higher than any of us. Um, so it's kind of similar to, you know, like indigenous native um Burning people on the continent, they they have the same disparities, and um, same with our black um, sisters and burning people. Also, we all suffer the same um, disparities at the hands of the current medical system. I know it's like it's insane, like thinking about the numbers, especially like as, aside from you know women dying in hospitals, like when you think about COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, like the Navajo Nation, like they have the most, you know, peoples being affected by COVID-19, like people dying. And the federal government was supposed to allot them money to help supply with, you know, medical needs and equipment and all kind of stuff, but they haven't really gotten any assistance. So it's just like, you know, it's interesting to see, like, those parallels of just, yeah, disparities and not and our healthcare not being addressed, like, when it comes to, you know, yeah. capitalism and all that. Yeah, definitely. And we could even look at, like, you know, the history of um, obstetricians and the history of gynecology and, like, um, the history of you know, they call them like the father of gynecology or the father of this, the father of that, you know, you can look at the history of that. And it's not, it's not a pretty history. It's a racist history. And that racism, obviously, like, you know, in other parts of our society have been passed down and continue to affect us today. But I want to point out specifically, although the practices are racist, um, specifically here in Hawaii, we have an interesting um, history with the medical system, because you know, our Ali'i, we have Queen's Medical Center and we have mm-hmm. Homes for the Elderly and, um, you know, mental health um, support and those kinds of things. But those, just like our country, have been occupied <laughs> and have kind of been changed and don't no longer support our people, but are, you know, in in perspective, killing our people. Yeah. I, I like that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like that you bring up, like, the cesarean, like, C-section, because I forget, like, a while ago I was taking, I think it was a political science class, and we were talking about how, you know, the healthcare system has became become a cash cow, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when it comes to women and birthing in hospitals, like doctors will recommend having a C-section because they're just pumping moms in and out of the hospital because it's faster Mm -hmm. and easier and it's more efficient for them to, you know, if you think about it on like an economic scale or like, you know, monetary scale, it's, it's better for them. You know, they get more moms in and out and it's like Mm -hmm. crazy to think about it that way. But like, yeah, to think about how there's so many moms, these days getting recommended to get a c-section when they didn't really necessarily need it you know yeah i mean birth is a business now and you know obviously the hospital and the medical system does have a place in birth work because there are some instances where you know there are emergencies and um the hospital and you know the doctors there the people who they save lives sometimes but if we actually you know like we're talking about the transition from home birth to hospital birth birth is treated as a medical emergency now instead of a natural process of our kingdom of our body um Mm -hmm. and we are capable of giving birth we have been giving birth for thousands and thousands and thousands of years um but now it's kind of we live in this society of fear and 
you know, we feel like we need constant reassurance that, you know, we're okay, our baby's okay. We need, I need this ultrasound, this, like, every, you know, like, and yeah, there are instances where we do need that. But we also need to learn to trust in our body, trust in our kupuna, trust in our process enough to be comfortable giving birth and not, you know, just like if the doctor says, okay, we need to do this. Like, yes, you should listen to your doctor, but I want, you know, our I want our birthing people to be educated enough and to be confident enough to make their decisions to say, well, how about I have 30 more minutes or um, could you please explain to me, you know, like have the confidence to ask your doctor, could you explain to me specifically why I need to do this? And could you explain to me what might happen if I do this? Yes, advocating. Um, so, yeah, talking about training, um, what kind of training have you had? And um, are you certified anywhere? I'm not actually sure how all of that works. So maybe if you could just kind of explain. Yeah, so um, doulas or kokua, it's not a regulated um profession i guess you could say um we're not medical professionals i am i'm not gonna you know check your cervix and tell you how dilated you are i'm not gonna um, deliver your baby and i'm not gonna um do this or that you know um we're not medical professionals so certification isn't necessary um a lot of people do go the certification route personally I decided not to. Um, I have gone to trainings for these big certifying entities um, and companies, but um, like I said, they have a lot of guidelines. Some of them where you know um, you're not allowed to use herbal medicine or this or that, or you know, um, and obviously that goes against what I'm about. Um, you know, I want La'olapa to be present. I want Pule to be present. I want all of those things present. Um, so it just wasn't the fit for me. And then, like I said, they're, you know, in the broader scope of things, they're, they're training doulas to serve white women. They're not training doulas to serve our women. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not training these people on how to support our women and how, um, how to protect our women, I guess. Um, and the truth is, they can't. Unless you're a woman of color serving, you know, birthing people of color, or unless you're a woman of color who is a birth worker, you don't have the same experience. You don't have the same, I guess, yeah, experiences or um, understanding to support women of color. Now, Uh, That's not to say you can't have a white doula. Um, You know, there's a doula for everybody, but um, yeah. And what is like, so how do you even kind of as a mom or a mom-to-be seeking out to seek your services like how do you even go about doing that yeah so um if you find a doula like i'm gonna use me as a um example um and you're interested you know reach out to me via social media or um email all those things and i will you know we set up a initial um consultation I guess you could say um but this is why I'm excited about our nonprofit because um like I said like you know home birth is a privilege now that's just reality and most people look at doulas like it's a privilege because for most people it is um now that doesn't mean that you know midwives and doulas shouldn't get paid for the work that we do it just means that we have to kind of find ways to get this service to our branding people. So um, for Kalao Kekahuli, 
one of the basis of why it was created was not just to support women, but to be able to provide services to um, our women and Pacific Islander women um, free of cost. So right now, Kalau Kekahuli, um, on our website, there's a Kako or services tab um, that you can click on and you can sign up and um, we have a list of services. So on the list of services, there's like prenatal support. There's We have a prenatal group and a postpartum group that we do twice a month. Um, we have childbirth education on there. And then we actually have, um, you know, ko'okua or birth doula services and um, postpartum doula services on there too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know like, on Oahu, um, there's like Ho'ulu Aina, mm-hmm. and I know that they have some like classes and stuff like that. I've never been to one, but I've always wanted to just go, even though I'm not, I'm not expecting any babies or anything, but I've always, you know, have been interested in that kind of stuff too. But of course, the moms can have the, the spots <laughs> and everything, but yeah, but yeah um, I wonder awesome how they too. do that. Yeah, they're doing awesome things. Um, Have you collaborated with them or are you in contact with them? Prior to (laughs) COVID-19, we were actually planning to go visit them. Um, But, you know, COVID happened. So we're still looking forward to that. Um, They, I've never physically been there, um, but I've heard such amazing things about what they're doing. So hopefully in the future, we get to visit and we get to talk stories with them. Um, you know, and that was one thing, too. We don't have anything like that on Maui. Um, we didn't have a space like that on Maui. So um, we thought it would be beneficial for us to, you know, have a space for us here. Yeah. Um, so I know your sister, Ho'olea, and um, I kind of found out about um your nonprofit and everything from her because I think she reposted on her Facebook <laughs> or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah, I do feel that like there needs to be more resources and things like this, like on the other islands. Not only Oahu, you know, like sometimes Oahu just there's too much stuff and it's just I feel like they like our island overtakes over like, you know, overshadows everywhere else, which is, like, (laughs) kind of annoying, you know? So that's why I wanted to have you on because I love – I think it's amazing sharing other stories of the work that's going on, community work um, going on on the other islands too. Yeah. Um, So – oh, and maybe I – maybe we – Native stories can come along and, and, like, See you go to um, Ho'ulu Aina. It's so beautiful over there. I've been there many times. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there, but you know, hopefully after all of this blows over, we get to go visit. <laughs> yeah. And then they're right next to Keikioka Aina. And so Keikioka Aina, that's like an amazing place that you guys can get connected with because they service low income and Native Hawaiian folks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think that's important for us specifically at Kaloka Kaholi is to, um, you know, partner with other people who are, you know, who have the same goal, which is, is to take care of our birthing people, to take care of our families. So um, recently, Papa Lalokahi, um, we're, we're collaborating with them to do a childbirth education course um, online on Zoom right now. I think it'll happen next month. Um, uh, I'll be teaching it along with Malia Kaupe, um, who is so knowledgeable and such an amazing birth worker. But um, we're so thankful to Papa Lokahi because we've been getting so many inquiries about childbirth education because because of COVID, there's no hospital childbirth education courses available to people. Um, and, you know, people people really want that right now. People, you know, there's a lot of fear going around right now. So if we can provide just a little bit of comfort and information to people, um, yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, 
that's what I've been actually loving about um, from Mauna Kea. Like, I feel like even though the whole TMT thing has been such a pain in all of our sides, it's really um, kind of prepared us, like a little bit prepared us for COVID-19 and this pandemic because in like, I've been seeing so much good community grassroots work of people empowering the Lahui by utilizing their social networks, going on Zoom, going on Facebook Live, um, providing free educational classes about things, about Ike Hawaii, you know what I mean? And it's really been awesome to see, especially since I've been away since January. Um, I just wanted to plug that in there. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to ask you, I guess, can you share in your experiences or your, yeah, like, what are some common birth stories that you've been a part of? Um, well, I think, interestingly, I would say, since we are in a time of COVID, um, and I guess this kind of relates to another question you had about how COVID-19 affects the work of birth doulas. So um, it's been a curse and a blessing, (laughs) I should say. Um, COVID-19 obviously has not stopped. It has not put a pause on the infancy and maternal mortality rates for our people and all of you know the you know the scariness of the hospital it's kind of increased it um and i know that different hospitals have different policies right now um but specifically on maui we only one support person is allowed in the room right now so you know obviously that'll be probably the birthing person's partner or their ohana or something like that. So um, as a doula, we've been, or as a ko'okua, we've been trying to, I guess, change the way that we're working so that we can support people (laughs) um, during their births during this time. So a lot of it is, you know, prenatal preparation and, um, making sure that they're confident going in, but we've been doing distance doula services. Um, and we actually got a grant from Hawaii Community Foundation, Mahalo Nui, to them. Um, so we're doing distance doula services. So during the actual birthing time, we're doing FaceTimes <laughs> with our people who are giving birth, um, which is really different, but that's been the common theme right now. Um, so I was just at one, when was that? Last week, um, via FaceTime. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting transition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done, um, I've been to birth on different islands. And I know that um, other doulas do outer island births. And that's something that, you know, we can't do right now either. So um distance doulaing distance birth support has um kind of been changing the way that we work and it's kind of extended our reach I guess as a nonprofit as Kalao Kekahuli because now we have a lot of outer island people who are present at our um prenatal zooms and our postpartum zooms and we're doing a lot of prenatals with them and stuff um because we have technology and we have zoom um you know, we're reaching out to moms from Kauai, Maui, Oahu, Big Island. Um, so that's been awesome. I know. I feel like after COVID, like a lot of businesses are going to kind of change how they're doing things because, yeah, because they were forced to utilize technology in a different way. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome that it's been able to connect you guys to to farther. Yeah, a blessing and a curse at the same yeah. time. <laughs> um, 
So for networks, I guess in the Hawaiian Kingdom, like how big is the birth worker community? I mean, I already kind of mentioned Ho'oluaina. Like, is there a lot more different hui's that you know of? Um, I will say that there's a substantial amount of quote unquote birth workers and quote unquote doulas and quote unquote midwives. And I'm going to talk about us specifically, even though I explained that, you know, there's fertility specialists and, you know, all involved and social workers and stuff all involved in birth work, but um, specifically for, you know, doulas and midwives. Um, the big majority <laughs> are haole birth workers, so haole doulas, haole midwives. Um, but I do think that's changing. I think the more that people are, you know, um, just like in every aspect, I guess, of our society, you know, the, our, our lahui is getting involved in different areas, um, which has been awesome. So I think and I'm hoping that birth work is one of them where people are starting to be more interested. And I know they are because um, since we've started the nonprofit, I can't tell you how much people are like, wow, I really want to be a ko'okua. Um, so it's just a matter of, I guess, training Kanaka birth workers to um, serve or to train Pacific Islander birth workers and birth workers of color to serve people of color. Um, I know um, Malia Kope, who is, you know, co-founder and she's our executive director. She's doing a doula training soon. And she said that most, if not all, of the people who signed up were Pacific Islander and or Hawaii. Um, So I think that there is going to be a surge in the amount of, you know, Kanaka birth workers and birth workers of color and Pacific Islander birth workers that we have. Um, so we'll be able to uh, have a broader reach and a bigger impact. Um, but personally, I don't know of another um, group. Um, we do have Ho'oluaina um, and Kalao Kekahuli. Um, I'm not personally aware of any other group. Um, however, if there are any out there, we'd love to <laughs> connect with you. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that it's changing and people are, you know, are, I guess, becoming more conscious in um, terms of birth and in terms of our birth and our decisions and birth and empowered birth. Um, and, you know, hopefully we will have more midwives. Um Recently, we had Leilani Digman join our board on Kalao Kekahuli. Leilani is a um, Kanaka, soon-to-be midwife, real soon. Um, and I, I want to say she's the first certified professional midwife, um, Native Hawaiian certified professional midwife in Hawaii. So really excited to have her and really excited about that. Um, hopefully, we'll keep growing and growing. Um, I do know a couple of other people who applied for midwifery school, um, including me, <laughs> um, Vaughn, Mahelona. Um, I, I, I think there's a couple other out there. So, you know, it's growing and um, I can't wait to see where, where, the, where we are in 10 years or in 20 years. I know. I love that you're just sharing your story in general because this, is another avenue that makes uh, that sends the invitation out there you know that there's a need there's a want and that we should empower ourselves as kanaka you know to create these pathways for ourselves because we can you know and we're innovative people yeah exactly um i guess i wanted you to kind of share like what is a typical like kind of birth journey, like the pre and the during and the post. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they're probably all different though. Yeah, I mean, every every wahine, every birthing person is different. Every ohana is different. Every birthing space is different. Every experience is different. Um, 
So I can't, I guess, put it into one journey, but I, I will say that um, there definitely is a difference with, you know, people who feel confident and educated and empowered going into their birth. Um, and, you know, um, I've seen people who they came to, you know, they came to a prenatal and they didn't, you know, they're kind of like unsure or this or that, or, you know, they didn't know much and, you know, they weren't really interested, but the more that they learned, the more they felt empowered um, and they, you know, walk, walk in and rock their birth. And, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing we can hope for, for um, our birthing people as a doula, as a, as a koku, as a support person. Would you give any tips um, for mothers? I don't know. It's in looking for a doula or in kind of if they decide to go and get a doula or a midwife and that kind of thing. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, like I said, there's a there's a doula, there's a koko for everyone, and um, to find someone that aligns with you and what's important to you. So, um, you know, if pule and la'alapa'o and all of those things are important to you, then find a birth worker um, who can support you and serve you in that. Um, and find somebody who's compatible. And, you know, I know I said that I explained, like, what doulas do. Um, that's kind of coming from my perspective, obviously, doulas, midwives, birth workers, they all have different styles and they all have different beliefs. Um, For me, my biggest thing is to support the birthing person and to support the decisions of the birthing person, no matter what. Um, And to not be biased or, you know, like, I'm not gonna shove my beliefs down your throat just because, you know, this or that. It's like, as a ko'okua, I'm going to support you in whatever decision you make. And I'm going to make sure that um, you are educated in the decision that you made, that you're confident in the decision that you made. And that's the biggest thing. Awesome. Okay, so wrapping it up, I always like to ask this kind of question. Um, what do you envision for the futures of the Lahui? And, um, yeah. Um, or for know. birth work. Yeah, I mean, I... You kind of answered it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope to see more, um, you know, more Kanaka birth workers, more Kanaka Ko'okua, more Kanaka Palekeiki. I... I hope to see more, you know, people utilizing lao in their everyday lives and in their and lao and pule in their everyday lives and in um, their births. I also hope that you know our our women, our birthing people, um, our ohana, our or they gain the confidence um, to make decisions for themselves, and you know we continue to. Um, get educated and educate our birthing people um, and obviously <laughs> I hope that you know we can somehow hule the system that we're currently in to kind of go back to you know what our healthcare system in Hawaii was created to do which was to serve our families to serve our people um, and yeah I totally believe in all of that too. <laughs> and I hope it comes true. I actually I know it's going to come true cuz I can just I can see the huli already happening. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> um so if people want to get connected or um learn more about your nonprofit and I guess more about birth work, can you recommend some Instagram accounts or YouTubes and also um, can you share your social media handles and email with us? Yeah, sure. Um, as for 
Instagram recommendations and such, I personally tell people I don't have a recommendation, but I have a recommendation of what not to watch. Okay, yeah, <laughs> especially for Hapai moms. And I would say that is the, you know, there is like a new trend on Instagram where people see these like beautiful like births where there's no, you know, they're in a pool and I don't know. Um, and you know, most of the time I'm like, yeah, but that's not you <laughs> and it's not realistic. And it's putting these ideas in your head that probably aren't realistic. So I would say, um, as far as like education wise, I like, if you want to get educated on, you know, um, statistics on birth and, you know, read more about medical interventions or this and that, um, I would say just dig, dig, you know, look for credible sources, credible sources, I repeat, credible sources, um, and evidence-based research, um, and just keep going. I mean, that's how I've kind of been rolling, um, you know, read as much Mo'olelo, New Peppa articles, um, books as you can, if you're wanting to, you know, learn more about our practices in regards to birth, um, if you want to learn more about racism in the medical system, I recommend Medical Apartheid by Harriet Washington. And um, if you want to learn more about Kalaoke Kahuli, um, you can find us on Instagram at Kalaoke Kahuli um, and Facebook at Kalaoke Kahuli. Um, and our website is kalaokekahuli.org um, you can find all our contacts listed there and our email is kalaokekahuli at gmail.com um, if you have any questions for me personally you can find me on Instagram at huladadula <laughs> or you can email me at wahinehulakaeo at gmail.com yes mahalo Nui for sharing your story with us here at native stories and um if everybody or anyone wants to further connect with us please do you can follow us um on facebook search native stories for daily updates on native Kaimea. please download our mobile app for place-based stories and listen to us on all streaming podcast outlets you can search us native stories and make sure to share um, us to all of your ohana and friends and again, Native Stories prides ourselves in being your resource. And the more you share, the more of our Native and Indigenous knowledges and truths are told. So sending plenty aloha to you all out there. And mahalo for tuning in again. Peace. <laughs>